Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. I am joined by the amazing Jody Cohen, who is the founder of Vibrant Blue Essential Oils. In today's episode, she's going to be talking to us about two unexpected tragedies in her life and how she learned the five steps to calm anxiety, to sleep better, to reduce inflammation and regain control, not only of her physical health, but her mental health. She speaks very candidly about her losses and very hopefully uh, about her future. Uh, and here's Jody. So Jody is a best-selling author, award-winning journalist, functional practitioner, and founder of Vibrant Blue Oils, where she has combined her training in nutritional therapy and aromatherapy to create unique proprietary blends of organic and wild-crafted essential oils. She's helped over 50,000 clients heal from brain-related challenges, including anxiety, insomnia, and autoimmunity. Jeez, like, what a hack you are. Uh, for the past 10 years, you've lectured at wellness centers, conferences, corporations on brain health, essential oils, stress, and detoxification. You've been seeing the New York Times, Wellness Mama, Elephant Journal, and numerous publications. So that that's quite something, Jody. How did that all come to be? Um, kind of a fortuitous accident. You know, we're all kind of raised to get good grades, go to good schools, get a good job, make money, get married, have kids, and live happily ever after. Right. And I did all of those things. And then my now ex-husband attempted suicide. And my child died in a car accident. And all these things that I didn't really plan for or count on. And I suddenly realized the skills I had, some, some were helpful, but new ones were needed. Once you kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps, there are things you learn along the way that are rather helpful that you kind of wish you had known when life was happy and easy and good that you choose to share with other people. But your story is incredibly unique in that you've taken a tragedy and you've turned it into uh, the study of basically human resiliency and how one gets through the most horrific times with some modicum of grace. And I think that you are the personification of that. So can you take us through your, your journey a little bit? Yeah. Up until 2012, I would say uh, life was pretty good. I went to college, went to grad school, had good jobs. I was a journalism major in college. And then in uh, 2004, I had my first child. She was super easy. So I just assumed I was a good mom and had another one 22 months later. It was challenging. He wouldn't listen. He wouldn't sit still. It was hard for him to focus. And I tried everything I could think of. I took every parenting class. I read every parenting book. Nothing seemed to move the needle. And then one day at a birthday party, we happened to be at the zoo and my friend complimented me on how well behaved he was being that day. And I kind of took it in and then another mom passed out goldfish crackers or something as a snack. And in that instant, he jekyll hided and basically took off running toward the jaguars. And I sprinted after him, grabbed him, brought him back. And my friend said, wow, my brother was on Ritalin his whole life, and it turns out he was just allergic to weird foods. You should take him to a nutritionist. And I thought, I can certainly do that. You know, I've done everything else. Why not? We took him to a nutritionist who pointed out that some kids are really sensitive to certain preservatives or colorings or corn and 
soy and dairy and gluten. So we changed his diet and he was a totally different child. And I thought, wow, that is mind blowing. You know, I've been banging my head against the wall. And so I started working with other moms and trying to help them understand what, what food might be doing and how to balance their kids' diets. But working with wiggly kids, it was hard to get a good read. So living in Seattle, which is where um, Medicine School Best Year is located, I had the opportunity to take kind of interesting classes, which came in handy when uh, my next shoe dropped. My, my then husband was probably honestly bipolar when we met. I just thought he was crazy fun and really creative. And then after my daughter was born, it became clear he was a little manic and we got him medicated and I thought we were good. And then we had our second child and he really couldn't show up anymore. You know, So I was trying to keep him afloat and also be a full-time mom and work. And it was just a lot. And it, it kind of became apparent that he might die on my watch. And my friends staged an intervention and taught me a new vocabulary word, residential treatment facility. And we researched them, found a good one, moved him into one. And the moment I knew he was safe and it wasn't my job to keep him safe, it was like, I finally fell apart. I, I must've been so exhausted for working so hard with no rest for so many years that I just, it was like, I could barely get out of bed, you know, but the kids were five and seven. I was suddenly a single mom. Uh, so I would wake up with them. I would make them breakfast. I would pack their lunch. I would drive them to school. I'd come home, crawl back into bed and set the alarm for pickup. And that was about all I could do for a month. And I kept, I kept trying different things, but nothing was moving the needle. And fortunately for me, I had just helped a friend with a big fundraiser and she was into oils. So she came by with a huge box. There were probably 50 oils and said, these these are gonna help you. You know, you have been so stressed, which releases this hormone called cortisol. And then cortisol triggers full body inflammation, which means that if you're trying to ingest remedies, they're probably not getting assimilated and absorbed. But oils, they go through the skin, you can smell them, these will help. And I thought, why not? You know, can't hurt, how hard can it be? And I kept trying to find like one oil. I thought there would be like one magic bullet. And every time I tried to narrow it down, I kept getting the same five, which stumped me for a moment. And then I realized, oh wait, they're liquid. I can combine them. So I was new to oils. I went in my kitchen, I grabbed a shot glass. I tested each bottle. Okay, five drops of this one, three of this. I literally, it was like cooking a recipe. I made my first blend. I put it on my low back, which I knew was where the adrenals were the closest to the skin and the surface. And I felt like myself for the first time in a month, I was like, oh, I can go running. You know, when you're a mom and it's like laundry is constant, cleaning the house is constant, going to the supermarket, making dinner, all those things that felt just overwhelming. I mean, walking up my stairs felt overwhelming. And suddenly I was like, I think I can do that. So I had a win that day. And then that night, it's not uncommon to have high anxiety during the day and then insomnia at night. Somewhere around midnight, it occurred to me, oh, wait a minute, I wonder if oils can help with this. So I went back downstairs, made something else up and tried it. And uh, my, my five-year-old used to come in at like six in the morning and bounce on the bed. And that was my wake up. I, I woke up and he was like hugging me like kind of tight. And he's like, mommy, it was hard to wake you up this morning. And I was like, okay, that's, that's a win. I'm keeping this one. And so what's that one called? 
That one is our circadian rhythm blend. I use that one. I love that one. Yeah. So I just kept making things up and I finally started to turn a corner and, and feel better. And all my friends that were, you know, really trying to be supportive, like dropping off meals, offering to drive my kids places. They were like, all right, what did you do? What's worked? And so then they started trying it and they were like, this is great. And some of my friends that were also in the nutrition space were trying it on their clients. And so they basically said, you, you should do something with this. And I thought, well, gosh, it's so obvious. I'm sure someone's doing this. So I finally went online and researched and I was super surprised by two things. The first being that no one was really creating oil blends that balanced organ systems and regions of the brain. And the second thing was they made it seem so complicated to blend oils. I was almost grateful that my mental capacity was so limited. Otherwise, I um, I never would have even tried it. So I have some of the oils here. So you have like this detox support kit, right? right? So this is gallbladder, immune support, and adrenal. Now, can you do all of these together yep. at the same time? Yeah. And, and these go where? For most people, no matter what symptom you might feel, it might be fatigue, anxiety, depression, weight gain, brain fog. Often at the root of those things are kind of five key imbalances. One is sleep. If, if you're not sleeping, it's hard to uh, reset and heal. Another one is uh, stress. And then the third one is what you're talking about, which is this idea of detoxification or making sure that the garbage leaves the body. If your body is trying to eliminate waste and it doesn't actually leave, that lingers, it triggers the immune system, it causes inflammation and other problems. So the oils that you're talking about, the liver and the gallbladder blends, the liver and the gallbladder are on the right side of your body, right underneath um, your bra strap. And so that's a, a good place to put oils, especially before bed, because your liver and your gallbladder are busiest while you're sleeping. And then it goes from the cells to the lymph where there's often congestion. So the lymph blend you would put on the sides of your neck, kind of on your clavicles, under your armpits and along your bikini line. And then it is carried into the blood where it goes to the liver, the gallbladder, the gut, and then the toilet. But it's a hydraulic system. Think of it like um, a freeway. And if there's congestion at a certain point on the freeway, traffic backs up, right? So if your liver, which does 500 different functions is super busy, things can back up into the blood. The body's smart, it doesn't want the garbage in the blood. So then it tries to push it out either through the skin and you have blemishes, you know, acne, uh, eczema, rosacea, or through the kidneys. And you might have low back pain or you have to use the bathroom frequently. So that's just, you know, if, if you're wondering, gosh, how do I know if I wanna support my liver? Those are just some indications. Yeah, I need that one too. <laughs> okay. I need all this. You have a gut repair, you have all this, and I, I suffer from IBS. So, um, oh, here's my parasympathetic. I think I have them all mixed up. That's um, okay. Because I've, I've been playing with them. So, what I find fascinating about you is A, you've had so many different incarnations in your life, going from working at Microsoft. To, to where you are today with vibrant oils and being, you know, obviously going back to, to school to some degree to learn about nutrition and to learn about all of the things that you're talking about. But I know that in your personal life, you mentioned it earlier that you had a, a 
an enormous tragedy. And that is, of course, I'm interested in the oils, but I'm interested in, I mean, for yeah. you to still be standing, can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so on October 27th, uh, 2018, my 12-year-old son, Max, and three of his friends were going to go whitewater rafting with his dad, and they got in a car accident on the way. Um, my son was killed instantly. Two of his friends died from injuries sustained, and his father um, wound up being held responsible and is serving time in prison. And uh, his surviving sister, you know, that day was a Monday, and I was in shock and suddenly there are a million people at our house and you know people people really don't know what to say for situations like that and yet even well-intentioned things can be misconstrued and so someone apparently said to my daughter like your mom's never going to be the same and so my 14 year old is kind of taking stock of the situation and thinking all right um, my brother's dead his friends are dead my dad's in prison and my and I don't even get my mom like this isn't going to work so she came to me and said, listen, you cannot fall apart because I need you. And I thought, okay, I have my why. I have my clear marching orders. I have no idea how I'm going to do that, but at least I know what the target is. And so that night I realized, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just going to keep trialing and erring. And every night I'm going to write down and I, um, what I do is I actually look at the day in reverse. So I start with like this moment and then go backwards because then the really painful things pop out, but they pop out in, in a way that feels, I'm almost more of an objective observer. Um, so I can kind of take stock without feeling the intensity or being triggered by it. And so I started noticing, okay, when I go outside and walk the dogs, I feel better. When I go to yoga, I feel better. When I drink green juice, I feel better. When I feel grateful, I feel better. I started writing thank you notes bizarrely because so many people were doing so many nice things for me. But when I got into gratitude and would write a physical thank you note, I felt better. And then I would take stock of what made me feel worse. You know, certain people made me feel awful. Uh, certain, you know, trying to do certain activities felt kind of overwhelming. So I just started to keep a list of what to lean into and what to kind of let go of. And I just kept following what fed me and releasing what drained me. And over time, uh, it, it really it made a difference. It started to help. It turns out that certain parts of your brain, like the area behind your forehead that help with executive function and emotional regulation, they kind of quiet down the anxiety center known as the amygdala. So the more you lean into things that require concentration, that are new, that are scary, the more you kind of almost muscle train the part of your brain that calms the anxiety. And so it's like, oh, that's interesting. Like I, I should do more of that. Now, every time I do that, I feel better. So I'm gonna keep it. So I hear what you're saying about your daughter saying you are all I have, so you cannot fall apart. And I hear that you took stock of what made you feel good and what made you feel badly right is that sustainable obviously it is because you're still on two feet yeah well i kept trying to learn about it and i finally came across something interesting there's there's a measure of trauma it's called adverse childhood experiences ace scores there's this 
assessment of, of kind of seven factors that can go wrong in your childhood, including like divorce, uh, being exposed to violence and some other indicators. And they tend to predispose you to more health challenges as an adult. The idea being that when your stress hormones are kind of going haywire younger, it puts certain things out of balance. But what I then learned is that there's a counterbalance to that. It's called the resilience scale. And it measures things like your optimism, your mindset, your productivity, your openness to receiving support from others, your ability to like yourself and uh, self-awareness. And what one of the practitioners that I, I was talking to said is that if your resilience is high, it doesn't matter what trauma you have. You know, siblings that are raised in the same household and experience the same trauma as children, some go into adulthood and seem to be very high functioning. Others are less so. It's, it's the resilience that you have along the way. And it turns out these are things that are completely teachable. You can learn them at any age. You can teach them to your children. And they also, it turns out to be, um, are kind of the prerequisites for health changes. One of the uh, practitioners, this guy, David Perlmutter, who wrote Brain Brain, he said to me, you can't start people with diet. You need to start them with resilience because if you just throw them into diet, you know, if, if they've been eating at McDonald's their whole life to even go to a health food store like Whole Foods, that's a new experience to figure out how to buy fresh food and, and make recipes. That's an experience. So they need to have a little bit of resilience, you know, almost momentum going into it so they know they can do this. I find that the resiliency factor in a healthy lifestyle, you'd think it, of course, it's obvious, it makes sense. But I don't think a lot of people view that that way. As my friend Jennifer Esposito, the very talented actress said in the last part of her episode of Bootstrap Bitch, she said, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm a bloodied boxer on the mat and everybody is telling me to stay down, stay down. She goes, but I don't, I keep getting the fuck right back up. And sometimes you wish you would stay down. It's easier to stay down, isn't it? I, I don't always think that easy is, is the right solution. I think it's more rewarding to keep getting up. Yeah, I, I think so. Every time I feel that spiral coming on or that desire to get into the fetal position in the dark, I'm like, no, you got to you gotta get, get right back up. I think that there is kind of that pause button. Your, your operating system is your autonomic nervous system. It controls your automatic functions. And just like a car, it has an accelerator and it has kind of a brake. So when you think you're in danger, either because a tiger is chasing you or because, you know, anticipatory stress, thought-driven stress, so a fear about finances, relationships, the news, your health, whatever it is, that shifts you into what's called your sympathetic nervous system. And that's when your heart starts to race, when you feel really anxious, um, you know, blood's allocated to your arms and your limbs so you can run faster. And it shuts down that sense of calm and that ability to see options. And the on off switch between like stressed, overwhelmed and calm, you know, the world is blowing up around me and I'm still okay is the longest nerve in your body that no one's ever heard of. It's called your vagus nerve. And it's literally the information highway from your brain to the body, body to the brain. 
starts at the back of the head, splits, winds around both sides right behind your earlobe. Like if you take a moment to feel behind your earlobe, you'll feel a bone. That is your mastoid bone. That's where this nerve is the most accessible. And even just gently rubbing it right now is a really good thing because it's like a gear shift. So in doing that, it, it then like winds through your heart, your lungs, deep breathing turns it on. It just is a way to kind of press the pause button. You know, when, uh, if you've ever had that moment in, in traffic where someone cuts you off and you don't care, you're like, whatever, they're in a hurry. I hope they get there safely. You're all good. And another day, the same exact situation can happen and four letter words are flying out of the mouth. The only variable in that situation is you and your resilience in that moment. So the more you can stimulate this vagus nerve with oils or whatever works for you, the more you can kind of show up as your best self because things are gonna go wrong. It's just gonna happen. You can't avoid crazy. You can just control how you respond to it. Now, which oil? That's parasympathetic. It's the parasympathetic. It's, yeah, there's some interesting research. There was actually this New York neuroscientist named Kevin Tracy who was surgically implanting a pacemaker-like device behind the earlobe and using it to stimulate that nerve. And the FDA actually approved this for epilepsy, migraines, and depression. And I realized that oils can be super stimulatory, meaning that you know if you put a drop on your arm, it might get hot, it might feel warm to the touch. But clove is the most stimulatory, but it, uh, on its own, it would take about 20 minutes to get through the skin to that nerve. All of the citrus oils have really small molecules. Lime has the smallest. So when you combine clove and lime, and I give the exact recipe in my book, all of a sudden it works almost like an acupuncture needle. It's this totally natural, pleasant smelling, quick hit that just helps gear shift you into that calm state where... Even if things are blowing up, you know, we, anyone who has a child, especially a teenager knows there are moments when you're just bracing for impact. It's, it's crazy. And, you know, there's that idea. You can't have a tug of war if you don't pick up the rope. So you're like, don't pick up the rope. Don't pick up the rope. But sometimes you do, but when you're in that calm state, it's easier to just say like, oh, I'm really sorry. You're having a bad day. I'm putting myself in timeout, you know, <laughs> see you later. And you have such a wonderful way of explaining things. Oh, thank you. That's sweet. I think you should teach. I'd like that. I, that's actually something I, I would like to do. Uh, no, I love it. Uh, and then I can, you know, go, okay, so this is what I do for, for this feeling. Is there one that will allow me to drive on highways? Because I have anxiety about driving on highways. Yeah, well, two tips on that. Parasympathetic can help calm you, but here's a really cool thing. So anxiety, especially panic attacks, Yes. Um, you know, the different parts of our brain do different things. There's actually this whole profession called functional neurology, where it's a branch of chiropractic and they're balancing the hemispheres of the brain. So the right brain is more of the ruminator worrier. So the, the forehead, again, the right frontal lobe, so think right forehead. If you're having a panic attack, that is the right forehead overactivating. So the way to calm that is to do something to stimulate the left forehead, so you balance the two hemispheres. So literally any oil that you have, right, take your right thumb and plug your right nostril and smell something through the left nostril. Just three to five breaths, just smelling through the left nostril, that will then domino effect, turn on the left frontal lobe, balance the two hemispheres, calm the panic attack. So clearly no one should ever be without an oil. 
in their purse. Exactly. Exactly. And it, pick any one you like. Just go to Whole Foods or wherever you want. Pick something you like and just have that one with you. I think my favorite is the parasympathetic. I like that one. Yeah, I love it too. It's just, it smells really, really good. And then I, I love the Energizer one with the focus, the circulation. And I love the packaging. I think the packaging is so pretty. Oh, thank you. I'm just so impressed with you, Jody. I'm, I was impressed with you when we had lunch the other day and with how incredibly raw and open you were with me. I mean, I felt like we just met each other and just vomited our stories onto each other. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like that is part of, of being able to be vulnerable and be validated is so important to healing. So many of us kind of grew up with this, this good girl persona and this perfect persona, this idea that we only put our pretty pictures on Facebook and show everyone when everything's good. You know, and maybe some people are lucky enough that their life is that picture perfect, but most of my friends have stuff and it's okay to be honest. That's one of the reasons why I am doing this podcast is because I think with, especially my guests who are in the public eye, I think a lot of people just think, oh, well, you're, you're an actress. Oh, so you're, you're rolling in dough and you're working all the time and you're on you're a household name it's not the case it's not the case i had one of my girlfriends on who i did a television show with who uh has been on countless movies countless television shows and went through a very awful divorce and was literally driving uber so that she could feed her kids you know and i think nobody talks about the things that that i want to talk about here um to, to help other people, you know, to yeah. give other people another tool to put in their toolbox, like what you're doing here with your oils and, and, and your um, concept of resiliency and, you know, whether you're going through a terrible, stressful situation or you just want to stop eating pizza every day. Yep. What you have to say can help people. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or starting a new exercise routine. I mean, every, everything we do in our lives and everything our children do in their lives kind of require that resilience is the first step. Resilience is the energy that kind of allows us to uh, pivot or move in a certain direction to basically move through stagnation. So I hope, I hope people that are listening got some ideas, you know, and, and, and just feel like they're not alone that's the most important message is that we're not alone. Yeah. We do have a community. And if we can talk about these things in a safe environment where you feel safe enough to open up about either your most vulnerable moments, then doing so brings us together. Yeah. And I think it's, it's funny with vulnerability because I, I don't know. I was kind of raised to, to think, you know, you always put your best foot forward, but in being able to share some of the hard stuff, people showed up more vulnerable. You know, when you, when you lead with, oh, my life's great. And, you know, all the bragging points, no one's going to say, gosh, I'm really having a bad day. But when you're opening up, it gives them that space to say me too. Well, that was really beautifully said. I like that. When you lead with vulnerability, you're given vulnerability back. Well, it just allows people to have a more honest, open, you know, like 
in many ways, my relationship shifted after Max died in ways that surprised me. Some people that I, I thought were really going to show up weren't able to. And some people that were really kind of on, on the periphery of our friendships showed up in such an amazing way or just, you know, sent the right card saying the right thing that we got a lot closer, you know, and, and I, I actually, in hindsight, I feel the quality of my relationships is significantly better than what it was. It, it, a lot of the um, kind of shallow interactions, I, I just don't do that anymore. Well, the, the experience that you had and the journey that you've been on, it really does trim the fat. Yes. And it, 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 uh, it separates the boys from the men. Yes. As I like to say. And it has to, I, I think that's a natural progression. It's a natural weeding process, if you will. Right. Your perspective has forever changed. So anybody who cannot roll with you and ride or die with you doesn't need to be with you. That's true. And also I think um, as women, you know, it's funny, I read some book where they were saying women are validated for being pretty and being kind which is basically pleasing others, not pleasing ourselves. And when you have all the time and energy in the world, you can put energy into pleasing others. When suddenly you really need to conserve your resources, you prioritize yourself. And so, you know, it's like alchemy, right? In order to turn to diamonds, the, the coal has to go through heat and pressure. It's not a fun process. And, you know, there are things that you lose that you would probably trade anything to get back. But on the other side, you're not the same, but you're better. I agree. And I think I didn't know you before, but I know you now a little bit and I'm, uh, I'm all the better for it. Oh, me too. Thank <laughs> you. Jody's story is the perfect example of how we never know what somebody is coming from or going to. And so if our smile is the only smile they see, or if our kind word is the only kind word that they hear that day, then that's all the more reason to spread kindness and spread joy because we never know when people need it the most. So on that note, please tune in next time on Bootstrap Bitch. <laughs>